The Perth Football Podcast is proudly brought to you by Macron Store Perth, an industry leader in quality teamwear specialising in grassroots, semi-pro and professional team attire. Visit the Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page for more. Thank you to Macron for helping us keep the pod running and for their continuous involvement in community sport. Why wait for them to seal your fate? Can you hear the cockerels crowing? The Coburn craziness continues as the cream of the crop just continue to be compelled to crumble at Coburn. Meanwhile, BBM spares Florida's flushes in the NPL men's, but there were no cracks at the top in the NPL women's as Red Star extend their lead to five points with a game in hand. All that and more on this week's Perth Football Podcast. And we're back in your ear hills for another week, ladies and gentlemen, the Perth Football Podcast. I am your host, Sean Fry. Sitting diagonally from me uh, is the standing Josh Child. I realise halfway through there that you're not actually sitting, but Josh, you're back. I'm here. How was your Saturday night, mate? It was great. I got told I was no good at football by someone who'd never watched me play before. Oh, what a dick. Um, <laughs> tell you who's not bad at football is Jared Bowen, though. Oh, was, was he not he just was, uh, for those that uh, don't know? Josh and I were at the, at the West Ham uh, Glory game. He's no Daniel Benny, but he's uh, he's a decent footballer, of course. Yeah, uh, Benny deserves a shout out for that finish. You see that one, Tommy? Very nice, wasn't yeah, it? Put it past a world class goalkeeper like Flappy Hansky, and you can just say, "Mate, I am uh, I'm I'm made for this level." But yeah, don't I mean back to back to Bowen though. It was that second half, especially. It was just like this guy's playing with kids. Yeah, and he was getting literally was. Yeah, he literally was. He was get he was getting towards uh, you know, the the form that got him into the England squad towards the end of last season. Um, especially with that goal he scored in and the And been to my fantasy final. Premier League team that mm, year as well. Some player uh that was Kalichi Osunwa, producer Kalichi, thanks for uh being back. Yeah, well, I don't think I've got 90 minutes in me, though, Coach. Okay, we'll take you out for part two then, and we'll bring you back maybe for part three if you're feeling well. We've also got Tommy Dolman in the studio. Great to see you in person again, Tommy. Hello again. TD. Uh, this is where, just just to give people a glimpse behind the uh, the curtain, we're recording this all out of order, so I can't remember whether I've uh, mentioned on the podcast about how great it is to see you in the flesh. I think I do in part two. That's just foreshadowing, um, because I thought you were going to leave by now, but... Uh, you are back for part one in the past. Anyway, let's carry on because I'm uh, I'm losing. This is like watching Memento. It's a uh, shambles. It's an absolute shambles. Um, Josh, where do you stand out of uh, Saving Private Ryan, uh, Snatch, or Goodwill Hunting? I don't think I've seen any of those three films. Which one would you want to You see? haven't seen any of those three films? No. All right, well, that's just a fact. You don't need to attack him for it. But which one would you put on now if you had to? Probably Saving Private Ryan. Oh, jeez. Well... All right, maybe someone else is going to pick that later in the episode as well. Who knows? Uh, but Kalichi just thinks that's a, that's just the wrong answer. My head's, my head's just gone, not because of that, but my head's gone because this guy was like, um, everything, anywhere, all at once is the worst movie I've ever seen. And it's like, you haven't seen like these three movies, which You've are like- seen that random- Yeah. <laughs> like these three movies who are like subjectively like all-time great movies or just good Good movies to watch. Well, I hadn't seen Titanic until last year. Didn't miss it, no. Yeah, but, but people have been telling me, how have you not seen Titanic? It's a great... It's three hours of my life I will never get back. <laughs> it's just it's the, the worst time I've ever sp- spent. Uh, that's not that's, that's was... how I felt about last last year's Oscar winner. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> Far. <laughs> Wherever you are. It's what you're here for, ladies and gentlemen. No, what you're actually here for is a bit of a wrap on the footballing action in Perth over the weekend. And my... Goodness. Before we even get there, mate, what's the opening question, Shaunton? Uh Well, I, I was going to merge that in here. I was going to say, my goodness, does the MPL just carry on uh, causing these crazy weekends full of upsets? But can you still call 
a top team losing at Coburn, and they were paying four dollars something, uh, Coburn, and yet again they've done it. So our opening question to the the four of you, Kalichi's bounced something. He's ready to go with his uh, Kalichi. When is uh, a time in your life when you've just felt like you are going to beat someone, like you are just confident or? Conversely, I assume you're going to go with the first one, but conversely, you've been in a position where you just feel like you can't beat someone and you don't know exactly what it is. Because we're going to talk about Coburn and say, you've got some ideas, but I can't figure out exactly why, how they keep doing this. I'll give you the, I'll give you the negative first. Um, towards the back end, we, when we started playing FIFA, like I just couldn't be confident beating you. Even right now, I could be 2-0 up and we'll end up in a 2-2 draw. Um, and the same way of beating my little brother in Madden or beating Jason Yip at Silas of Catan. But the team that, <laughs> bro, just... I'm with you on that one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, in terms of like confident getting a win, it's playing... They're, they're not in the division anymore, but it was playing Quinns. Like, Quinns would just find a way to lose to us. We had one game where we conceded a penalty after two minutes in a cup game. A penalty and a red card after two minutes. A, a dog zone. And we beat them 2-0 with eight players. With nine, sorry, with nine players. And, like, after, like that happened, and I was like, we own you now. We just own you. You will find a way to lose games. And there was one game where they conceded. They scored an equalizer in the 95th minute. And then they lost the game Subiaco style. Or, well, Mum FC style. Well, or anyone, any big team that's playing Coburn style. Uh, it's very gentlemanly of you to say that yeah, your late years of FIFA where you couldn't beat me. <laughs> the when, early uh, years. We both knew the <laughs> early years were um, you were the reason, the motivation for me to get better at FIFA was this uh, stranger that I met at a jungle sports uh, Christmas party came over to my house, said, do you play FIFA? And I said, yes. And he came to my house and showed me that I did not play FIFA. He played FIFA. I just pressed some buttons. It was it was otherworldly. I'm glad I got the wood over him by the end, but um, took several years of wasted hours. But Josh Chite, have you got something for us? That just reminded me of this time that I did like a soapbox derby when I was a kid. And we had like a trial run a couple weeks before and this guy... Had... So wait, Soapbox Derby. So tell me, because this is all, all... I've only ever seen this on American movies. Like you, you so make like, a little... You make a little cart which uh, out is of only what? propelled by gravity out of wood and strings and... What, what restrictions? Any... So this guy's come down and... Oh, this kid's come down and his dad's made him like this cart. And it was like a pretty normal cart. He, he went normally like anyone else. It was one of the string ones. You pull it and go... And people were sort of like, oh, that's that's nice and that's that's quaint and whatever. And this guy just took it completely the wrong way, became an absolute demon. He's gone into a shed and he's worked on this, like, the Ferrari of Soapbox Derby cars. This thing was, like, as big as this room. It was as aerodynamic as Ian Thorpe in the 2000 Olympics. And this thing, I think, must have broken everybody else's time by half. It was an absolute monster. This, This guy was, like... His kid had to win this soapbox derby after. It the stops being about here. the kid. It stops being about the. Kid. Oh yeah, I think I think I don't think any soapbox derby is about the kid. There's a lot of parents with uh, yeah scores to settle that they haven't uh, quite settled. But is that is that is that yours? How was uh... no no? I was just reminded from you talking right. about how you, you decided to become a beast at FIFA because uh, FIFA because uh, Kali- uh, domination. Yeah. Well, Adel, I'm going to blame Adel Tarapt, really, because it was Liverpool versus QPR that year, and Adel Tarapt absolutely... Uh, Five-star five, five killer. Yes, exactly. Ran circles around me. But give us your, uh, your, your, your time. You were either just knew you were going to win or knew you were going to lose. Oh, I, I don't know. I feel like being a West Ham fan, I've just got this feeling about... <laughs> Trying to go this... FA Cup finals? Or? No, I've just got this feeling about Brighton games. 
every time we come up right. against Brighton. And I know Brighton beat a lot of teams last year, but it's been like five seasons. Even when Brighton it's were like... It's be really sad when you ask uh, Tommy when you, when you knew you were going to lose. <laughs> All right. So so Brighton is the, the thorn in your side, Tommy. Uh, what's either the thorn in your side or the uh, butter on your burrito? Well, the, the same thing as Josh in a way is that that probably applied for 16 seasons in a row as leads in the championship. You just felt like you were going to lose every game and never get out of division. But on a probably more pertinent note, uh, we played in a summer competition at Bouncer Sports Centre up in the northern suburbs. Anybody who lives up there who's got an interest in football would have played up there at some point. And we were playing in this bunky competition. We joined the league a little bit late, which wasn't a good start. And there was only five teams in the league and there was a top four finals at the end of it. So... There was, there was a clear team at the top who was very good and we were the clear second team. And it was one of those seasons where you played the team four times and we lost all four of those games. Oh, and then we played them in the semifinal, uh, or in sorry, in the first first second major semifinal, lost that one, played in a prelim, came back, and then we played them again in the grand final, lost that game. So that was the most unbalanced league I've ever played in. And we it, I don't know... They must have gone through the season undefeated. I can't even remember, but well, we were just never going to win against what, them. Was there ever a game where you just felt, oh, no, we've got them now. We've got them now. We're 3-2 yeah, up. Close? There's two I, minutes I, I to go. I think we led 4-2 in one game in the uh, second half, and we let it slip somehow. Tommy. Some poor, some poor decisions at the end of the game cost us. Oh, that is that is just heartbreaking. Uh, the, the completely lopsided league is a beautiful segue into the – complete opposite of a lopsided league. Are you going to tell us about your moment? At the moment, but okay, I'll tell you. So, so mine is, I may have mentioned, did I, have I told you about the rock, paper, scissors story before with, with me and um, my beautiful partner of almost four years now, Maddie, when we first started dating, it was, you know, when you get to the end of the date, you have the like argument about who's going to pay or, you know, well, as long as you're with someone that wants to pay, uh, otherwise it's just, <laughs> it's very easy. Um, but, but she, yeah, but she always insisted, oh, I want to pay. And I said, no, I want to pay. So we're like, well, all right, we'll rock, paper, scissors for it. And whoever wins gets to pay. Now, explaining this concept to so many people is just like, they don't get it. Just, what? But if you lose, you 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 should have to pay, right? Like, no, you want to. Anyway, for, for those people, you just don't get it. Um, for the rest of you, yeah, we, we, I was really wanting to pay. I wanted to win all these. And Jesus, my rock, paper, scissors skills have been an expensive thorn in my side. <laughs> I won. I, I just got in her head. It was like, I was just telling her she was going to throw rock. rock. Nothing yeah, exactly. beats a rock. You're going to throw rock. You're going to throw rock. Lo and behold, she throws the rock. And, and just mind games. I had a, I won. It was 13 or 14 in a row, which if you're looking at chance, like as a 50-50, you're talking like almost one in a million. It's absolutely crazy. Um, very, very expensive uh, skill to have. But um, did but she I, not try and introduce dynamite to mix it up or something like that? No, she. But you know what? She has. I don't think she's squared the ledger since then. But but she started winning a couple, and then funnily enough, my mind game started backfiring on me, and I started telling her she was going to throw rock, and then second guessing myself, and she would throw rock, and I'd throw something else. So yeah, it, but it's it's, it's like a, the old penalty penalty shootout on perf- FIFA. It's the perfect example of that. As soon as your mind starts to go, Josh, you... Well, you thought you had the hot hand, right? Exactly, yeah. And then once you feel like you've lost it... And that's um, the thing about the hot hand. The hot hand doesn't doesn't actually exist. But it did exist. You can't win 14 games of rock, paper, scissors in a row without some kind of mind game shenanigans. Sample size of 100. Let's, Let's jump in to the action because the reason we're talking about this is there is just something about big teams going down to Dalmatinats Park 
and the cockerels end up on top. It's happened so many times over the last few years. We, we spoke about the last few weeks as the big banana skin. Um, Red Star almost succumbed to it the other week, but had Daryl Nickel up one end to do it. And this week it was Sterling Macedonia, Tommy, that could not get the job done over the cockerels. Did you catch the action? And how do they keep doing it? Coburn are a team that seem to love rising to the occasion when they're the underdog. They, the track record does say that they deliver in these games against the teams at the top of the league. They've also been pretty good in the cup competitions as well. They obviously made the, the state, they won the state cup last year. And yeah, they, they be much better than that. They took out a couple of, of big scalps on, on the way to winning that competition. Um, they obviously knocked out Red Star in this year's edition of the cup as well. Also, also down at down Madinac Park. So, um, Look, obviously, they didn't get through this year against Floriot, but th- there's just something about when, I suppose, the big team in town comes to play, they try and make it as difficult as possible for the opposition. They seem to have this extra level of determination about them, which um, if they could find that and they could bottle it and they could put it out there consistently over a course of the season, we might be talking about them as title contenders, but they just seem to do that. They seem to upset the apple cart and it throws up some almighty fun chaos in the league. So, Kalichi, there, there is something... Uh, mental there initially, as as perhaps when you're playing a Calicio Sunwa at FIFA or a Princeo Sunwa at, oh, at at Madden, which in a, my, my Steelers win over his Bengals is still the greatest moment of my <laughs> life, not just uh, my Madden career, but it is but, some achievement, but, mate. But there is there are just times when you just mentally uh, either aren't prepared. These games. You can have that excuse that okay, we're going away to a to a either bottom of the league or, or lower table team in the league, and maybe you don't respect them enough. But surely, surely that's not happening anymore. Surely these Sterling can't have gone down there and thought this was going to be an easy game because it's been proven time and time again, and we talk about it time and time again as the biggest banana peel in world sport. But it keeps happening. It can't. They can't be going down there underestimating their opponent now. So why does it keep happening? I think from a Coburn perspective, I think it's just style make, styles make fights, right? And we'll use a boxing analogy. Um, the teams that like Sterling and Red Star, teams that kind of struggled against um, against um, Coburn, they're high position teams. They like to keep the ball. They like to kind of dictate play. And then once they score that first goal, then it becomes easier. And there's so much more space for Darren Nickel. There's so much space for Chopped Door. There's so much space for... Um, Dow. Sorry, Chuck Dow. There's so much space for, you know, your Kingsley Issues. But with Coburn's miserliness, right, they they, they they decide to be the counterpuncher. And they're like, no, nah, we'll sit, we'll be patient, and we'll hit you. We do need to give and him a shout-out. Yeah. Who hit him? Who hit him this week? Friday Zico. Not again. Friday hit them. It's always um, him, isn't it? It's, <laughs> but Friday I then. It's Friday Him. But but it all but it's like and and so you've got this team who, like you just think about like the person Jesse Lazaro is right super skillful, but a bastard fighter. like like Absol- a, an absolute miserly fighter right. I, I think he does epitomise the Coburn yeah. team in this scrappiness and this yeah d- he, desire to win and not give up again just because this team's supposed to be better than us. He's he's the kind of person who like people tell you in job interviews to be like, well, what's your weakness? And your weaknesses are if you tell me that I can't. If, if you tell me that I can't do something, I'll uh, find a hundred ways to do it. And, you know, it might waste some time, but I'll, you know, actually do it. And it's some kind of like strength. He's that guy. He's that guy who's like, tell me I can't do something. 
please, yeah, please, yeah. please tell me I can't do something. And there's a lot of them in the league, but I do think that their their style really complements them. And just going back and looking at some of their results, like they won three one away at Kingsway. And again, Kingsway is the exact team who want to keep the ball, but once they go down one nil, all of a sudden there's so much more space, and now Coburn can just be like, "Cool, we'll just counter punch and counter punch and counter punch." And I, I think I think that's what they're really, really good at. And you could see even last week that they probably had Sterling on the ropes a couple of times. You mentioned Tommy that um, Scorich had that chance to have, to have made it two one to to Coburn, didn't quite take it. Um, so yeah, I, so, I, Matt, he had a chance against Red Star, and again, and even Scorich was it. Which sorry, which Scorich against who? Sorry, yeah, which Scorich was the that had the chance against uh, Red Star? Uh, it was Ivan, I think. Yeah, but um, but to your point, I suppose Kalichi, they they do have players who have that little bit of X factor about them. We've spoken about Jesse and what he's capable of. We've spoken about Friday with with those long distance goals, particularly early in even the season. Peterson as well. Um, but but they've got they've got players. Uh, uh, Anthony Scourge was obviously a player who was with Perth Glory. He was on the books of the Glory once upon a time. He still shows flashes of that class within games as well. And, and David Array is a player who's who's oh, been yeah. who's who's had his trouble with injuries over the years, but he's putting together regular minutes. He's a really nice sort of silky technical player in the middle of the park too. So they do have these guys with real craft and real guile. And I suppose when you do set up that base um, and that solid. Um, platform to build off and you can get it to those guys that do have that bit of X factor then anything's possible Josh if you're in a job interview what would you say your biggest weakness was uh, too too organised <laughs> no I'm not very organised at all I, I don't want to I don't know I don't want to say anything that'll make my no, you don't I, have any that's fine you can I, just say it I work from home so I don't want to say anything that my, 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 my not be aware of I, I, I My do biggest wanna... weakness is when I work from home, I just fob off and don't do anything. Yeah. I, I do. I do want to say about getting getting away from my my workplace practices. Uh, I do want to say about selling Macedonia, and you were saying that oh, you know they've got a lot of the ball. I, I almost think that these are the games they'd hate because yeah, that's, what, they, that's what he's saying. But, right? but I don't think it's because. They want to have a lot of the ball. I think it's because Sterling want to be able to hit you on the break. They let them have it. Like yeah. that well, that, that's kind against... of your exact point, right, is that they, they want to play this game plan. Then they come up against a team that's like, well, we'll sit back as well. Yeah. And, well, and that, then what happens? That, that that Red Star game was like the perfect game, and, and me and Kalichi were down there for that one, and we were like, oh, Sterling are going to win this. We were like, they're going to they're just counterpunch gonna with Red Star, this and they'll beat exactly them. exactly the game they want. And uh, then the games are like this in the game against Inglewood where they lost 4-0 and they just got smashed by Chad Nielsen on the counter-attack. The game against Balcata. The game against Balcata. Was it what was the what was the score in the game against Balcata? The Sterling one? I think they lost the, the first one at home. I think that was the one where they scored the set pieces. Two tong goals. Yeah, two tong goals. And again, we'll sit back, we'll be we'll be great at set pieces and we'll just counterpunch you. And so like their their biggest struggle is all right now that we can't do the counter punching, how are we going to score and, and break down teams? And again, they haven't scored a whole lot of goals this year. Well, they're still this, looking for that X factor, yeah. and well, and they haven't and they haven't and they haven't got they don't have anybody who's in the big numbers that you've got like a, a Kieran Byrne or a Chock Dow or obviously a Daryl Nickel. I mean, nobody's around Daryl Nickel's level, but. Yeah, and this and this kind of throws back to to them last season. Really, um, they they were in a very similar position last year. They had the best defense in the league in twenty twenty two. It was the reason I picked them for the title at the start of the season because I thought they could get a little bit more out of the likes of Tanesky, and I was very impressed with Eshin in, in preseason as well. And I think they do have the players with that quality up front in the final third. Um, just in the last um, sort of few weeks, though, they've not been able to knit that together on a consistent basis. They had that goalless draw with Balcada we touched on. They've obviously drawn a blank here as well. Um, 
Um, there's still enough games in the season, enough time for them to get it together, and they do have this game in hand as well against Kingsway, which is still looming as a big game that that's going to be box office. But and that's and that's one of the games that I would absolutely tip them. That's one of the games that I would absolutely tip Sterling to win, just from a point of view of being like, nope, cool, Kingsway, you have the ball, try to break us down, and we will just counter punch you. Styles make fights, right? Styles make fights. All right. Well. Uh, sorry, I, w- I will let you um, wrap up this game, uh, Josh, but I did want to point out that I pulled Tommy up for his grammar last week, mm. and uh, it's uh, Kalichi and I went down to the game. Uh. Kalichi and me went down to the game. But you carry on. That's my, that's my least Sean, I love you. My least favourite grammar pedantry in the world. Uh, what, just, further and farther? Just, just get it right. That's a good one as well, yeah. I got even angrier when I realised that you were just doing a bit from a film. <laughs> yeah, but he was still right. That's a, that's a, He was right. Further, what is it? Further and farther? Can you explain it to the dummies again? Further r- relates to degree. Farther relates to distance. distance right. So and think about the... how far you are going, um, right. and that's farther. And then further how is... further you have to go? Further? No, farther. That would be farther. Does, farther. It, farther does it relate to how far we've gone off topic? Yes, it Oh, does. how much further can we go off topic? Uh, uh, that's, a, that's a very good, Tommy. Well done. Um, let's get back on topic. Um, what, what's that movie again? It was Mr... Finding Forrester. Finding Forrester. Finding Forrester. And I watched the clip. haven't watched the movie yet, but I'm really excited to watch the movie after seeing the clip. looks like a very good movie. Uh, all right. Let's get back on topic, Josh. God, you're always getting so us the off po- topic. The point uh, – that wasn't me. That was oh, you. Shitty the, grammar was what drove us off topic. <laughs> the, point, the point I was going to make was that Sterling's defensive record is remarkable in the context of this league. That they're going at is well, sixteen it, goals conceded in sixteen, 16 goals. Games, so, yeah, so uh, I think on average my maths is uh, rusty, but I think that's a goal again. That's a goal of the game, and nobody else is even close to that. I think the next closest is top of the table, Red Star, with twenty four conceded. So they've conceded eight goals more. So yeah, I mean, but we know what we're going to get with Sterling, and we yeah we expect that. But that's two games now against Coburn. They haven't scored. Is that correct? And and a huge huge result, not just for the rest of the league, but especially. For Perth Red Star, who we had picked on our on the line uh, as as the uh, what we thought would be a, a very good bet for Inglewood United, bottom of the table, paying about five dollars, thinking that that's just too much. This league's too competitive. They go three 0 up, and we are cashing our checks. I've booked a holiday to Bali. Kalichi's off somewhere else. Uh, we we're, we're cashing in this fake money metaphorical that we haven't spent. Yeah, um, and then. From 3-0. The most dangerous lead in football, sure. 3-0 lead. The most dangerous lead in football. I've been saying it for years. Um, (laughs) Stunning goal from uh, Shub Makala for the second. Um, The third was uh, a stunning goal as well. Uh, Tommy, do you want to tell us why? I feel for Nick Walsh a little bit um, because... What did he do, I mate? don't think anyone's blaming Nick Walsh for this, by the way. <laughs> well, he, he's credited with an own goal from a, a 40-yard back pass. Walsh, you've got to do better passes, mate. You can't just drill it at him like uh, that. Is, is, is Liam yeah. Reddy going to seriously... Uh, tell, tell us what happened first, then if, we can have... If you're going to pass it back to me, don't pass it at the goal. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose it was just a regulation back pass, and, um, and, and it looks as though Liam Reddy's just taken his eye off the ball, and it's, it's gone straight through him, and... Um, Michael Domfey certainly celebrated it as if it was his goal, though, waving his arm as he was following the ball well, into the back ce- of the net. So that was, uh, that was quite a nice He's moment. celebrating because his team's gone three goals up, and that's absolutely fine. But is Liam Reddy going to really say, I didn't even get a start on it? 
Is he not going to spare Walsh's blushes? Like, is he going to say, I missed it so badly? <laughs> Walsh, he drilled at chest height as far as Red is concerned. Oh, my goodness. And But this was the big – we were saying that, that Red Star looked like and, – and this is why you just – you can't predict anything in this league. We were saying that they've got now the best spine. They've got the best player at the back in Liam Reddy. They've got the best player up front in Daryl Nickel. I mean, Daryl still saved their blushes with a, with a stunning late volley to make it 3-3, even though, as you were saying before we came on air, Tommy – just someone get ahead on that. Attack that ball from that Inglewood defence. Yeah. Uh, they were they were 3-1 up with 88 minutes on the clock, and then they conceded the two late goals. The first one a little bit unfortunate, I suppose. I mean, Sonny O'Shea's overhead kick came back off the post, and it just went straight to Daryl, who sort of stooped to nod in. He was just in the right place at the right if, time. If you can hit the post with an overhead kick, I think you deserve a goal. But also, how many? T- and this was the, the, the thing that really impressed me about that goal is, how many times do we say he's Daryl's nickels at the Johnny right place? Johnny on the, at the spot. Right? Yeah. He knew where to be. Yeah. He's a yeah, classic it's, Johnny it's, on the spot, isn't he? That they, like, the Germans call it the Ramdeuter. Um, like someone who just eats up space. He just finds space. The Ramdeuter. Ramdeuter. Love um, it. And yeah, it's, yeah that's, that's Daryl Nickel to a nutshell, man. And, and then the third goal, just a speculative long ball forward. Late in the game, you're chasing an equaliser. And just a miscommunication between two Inglewood defenders. Both sort of ran into each other. Neither of them got a clean head on the ball. And to be fair to Daryl, first time left-footed volley. Fantastic from about 20 yards. We don't need to be fair to Um, But yeah, Inglewood will be... We'll be disappointed they couldn't hang on to those three points because it would have taken them out of the relegation zone. Uh, and, hold on. And, and again, there's always the flip side of this as well. Red Star are going to be kicking themselves after this week that they go in against Inglewood. And, and maybe this is one where you underestimate the opposition a little bit, given given where they are on the table. Um, and, you know, maybe, maybe they don't have that. Well, they haven't been in the Coburn position of being this no-one-believes-in-us team. Um so maybe that was the reason, but yeah, that's that's a big two points drop for Red Star. If they had have won that, they would be three points clear. Um, but now, as it is, it's it's back to just one point. Sterling with that game in hand against the Olympic Kingsway, who are just a further three points back. So, Kalicha, you put it down in the uh, the show notes that Olympic Kingsway now are. Title contenders. Uh, we could take take the Perth Glory game out. They did. They did beat the Perth Glory under twenty ones one nil away from home. Comma, however, eight game, eight players that we were watching play at uh, Optus Stadium. On one Saturday of whom night. scored a goal as well. Oh, the Daniel Benny curler was a beauty. Uh, but they're the real deal. We said it last week. We'll say it the week before. We'll say it again. They are a real dark horse for this title now. Yeah, they've, they've got a really interesting game against early Macedonia. Um, and if they can get a result there, then they are, they are well, well and truly in it. Um, they now play Inglewood United um, in, in the week coming up. So it'll be interesting to see how that one works out for them because the last time they played Inglewood, they lost 4-0. And again, styles make fights. This is a perfect game for Inglewood to sit in deep, have some space in there and try to play um, Chad Nelson through, try to play, um, who's the new guy, Benson Insegete. Uh, Benson Insegete, play him through as well. Um, give some extra space for, for Shab McCullough to be in, in Dom, and around the Dom box. Dolphay's scoring every week as well now. Um, it's, it's not getting it any easier to predict who's going down, is yeah. it? Yeah, and, 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 and this, is, this is the cool thing, though, like looking into, looking into the future, and this will give us a good little like transition here. Into Florida? Uh, no, 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 into Bayswater City. Ooh, because okay. if they, they play Red Star next, right, and if they, can, if they beat Red Star, then they are now two points behind Red Star. Right, let's go Bayswater now because you uh, have got down here the new signings that they've got in. Yeah. Um, the, that uh, uh, Nasmo goal to kick things off is just big. It, it, looked, it looked men against boys again as well. It, it, was, it was just that 
it looked too like big, that too big strong, too fast. Yeah. Just, yeah, too big and too strong, too fast. Exactly like you said it. Um, and I, I was really, I was really Italiano and Kuel as well. Yeah. Um, and and you said they played a really big part in that game. I think I was really impressed with um with Tiak Kuel, who, who's come in from I think he was he was in MPL Victoria, so one of the bigger teams. Can't remember the Inglewood club, before. but he was with Inglewood before. Yeah. yeah, we don't care about any of those Asian states. Um, so so he's come back and just even even just, just looking at the highlights, he's in all of the goals that Bayswater score. Um, he probably isn't the last pass, but he's probably the pass that leads to the pass. And just seeing in in, in that intricate bits of play, he's right there linking up and being a kind of screener or a passer for Declan. And wasn't Declan wasn't Hargers. that the the thing that we were that we were talking about at the start with, of the with, season with Cam Edwards when, when we were like more how, how do they even avoid relegation this season because they look so bad they had no one to link up that yeah. back line to the front line and now I mean that's a huge result but as can as, you, can as you, you said just do you want to give us the stat it was six one against Armadale oh it's the the third time that Armadale have lost by five goals this season. That's we did say that they'd be the entertainers in the league, and looking at them, forty-one goals for, thirty-nine goals against. That's entertainment right there. But but second as in both goals scored and goal against. As much as we talk about Olympic oh. Kingsway being serious title contenders, I'm at half three points behind Olympic Kingsway. We need to mention as well. So they win four games in a row, but they're that's, title contenders. That's the sad part for them is they haven't won in the last four. So they they were they were really they were a, title contenders. Yeah, they were the, but but they still are. That's that's the insanity of this league is is that they they, they absolutely still are. And the, the the thing about that game again, just going back, is Bayswater have a legitimate spine now with Italiano. Again, this person played um, a league. I think he was signed for the Wellington Phoenix. Go to the Knicks. Um, and so you've got you've got an Asmo, you've got another centre midfielder, um, you've got a, a big time goalkeeper, Bayswater, and they've got the new coach. Um, so they. Yeah, so Gary Williams has uh, been with Bayswater for three games. They're unbeaten since his arrival. So uh, the change that we spoke about with with Gareth Navin, obviously, departing uh, has proved to be a good one for Bayswater because it's put them right back in the thick of it. Um, so I thought Samuel Dway was great on the weekend as well. I think he had three assists and he, and he got a goal uh, and Asmo returning the favour for one of the goals he scored. And a little shout out to Gordon Smith. I was well, I know we praise Daryl a lot, a lot on this show, and I'm sure Gordon. We love must you too, be, Gordon. But but as far as Gordon's concerned, he's been playing a little bit higher up. Obviously, Anasmo's coming in that sort of changed the role slightly. But when Dumba Makeche went out with that injury against Kingsway, Gordon was leading the line. And I think aside from the Kingsway game, which I called the goalless draw, he'd scored in the previous five games, and he also scored at the weekend. So he's taken on that burden that Dumba Mikeche left in terms of the goal scoring. And, and he's also played probably an understated role as to why Bayswater are where they are and, and still in with a shout of even potentially winning the title. Well, absolutely. That's, uh, I mean, they're level on points, are they? Well, just one point behind uh, Balcatta and Kingsway. Uh, Armadale, crazy league. Armadale, two points further back, tied with Perth and Coburn, by the way. So Coburn City, uh, just seven points off top. Just a sneaky uh, outside chance at the title. My, uh, my my cockerel's down there. I'm not giving up yet. Uh, but let's move on to a team that we thought would be up there in the running for the title. They did win the title last year. And um, the, the Florida Athena stocks continue to be just... Absurdly unpredictable and impossible to. I call. said. I, I said. Sean a message um, when it was one nil down, and I was like, "Should we ask Tommy if it's if it's time to panic?" Like, and then I, and boom, also, they at, go back and win two one. At that point, at that point, they would have been four points clear at the bottom, with four games to play, and that is almost that is very low percentage chance of you actually making it out alive. The fact that they came back to win and and it's just 
They were outrageous. BBM doing what BBM do. Well, the first goal, uh, it's. uh, I don't think even Bailey can claim that one. But but, Uh, he did. (laughs) We've got an interview with him claiming it. uh, 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 He he will claim the goal, but it was not his intention to deflect it off the uh, boot. Keeper probably should have done a little bit better as well. But when they take those deflections and you lose your bearings, it it is very difficult. But there was, uh, I mean, element of fortune in the in the poor touch from the defender on his last goal, but. As soon as he got that ball, I, th- I think we all knew where that was going and it was the back of the net because that he is what they've been missing and he just he just showed that on the weekend, didn't he, Josh? But it's also two goals out of absolutely nothing. Like you're staring down the barrel of a, a really seriously painful defeat in terms of where they were on the table and mm. maybe this is, you know, that luck turning around for but, them. Well, and, and as Tommy said, they haven't had the, the breaks go their way this season, but... I mean, you, you can't take anything away from, from Brown Montgomery for that last goal because as, as much as the touch is poor, as we talk about Daryl Nickel, you have to be there and you have to be in the area. And as soon as that touch was, was loose, he was going to pounce and he was going to score. Tommy's going to take my idea in part, uh, part two, but football's a game of moments. Um, and Bailey getting this goal is he's, exactly... He's the boy for the big moments, well, isn't he? he, 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 he he's is, the but... boy for big moments, BBM. That, wow. it, all, it all works. It all works. Let's um, let's queue up a little interview that Tommy got with him, and now uh, we'll come back with you for your thoughts, Kalichi. Perth Football Podcast. Tommy Dolman at Ian Dealer Stadium. Just watched the big game at the bottom of the league. Florida Athena two, Sorrento won a full time score. Really tightens up the bottom of the table going into the final five rounds of the season. Bailey Brown Montgomery got both goals today. Well, I think he'll be credited with both goals. Yeah. Uh, he's with, he's he's with me for for a quick chat. Bailey didn't have to be pretty out there today, did it? Just how big were those three points for the team, though? Yeah. Uh, Honestly, nothing's going to be pretty for the next however many games we've got left, I don't think. Um, everyone's battling throughout the whole league, top of the table, bottom of the table. So it's just what we've said in the change rooms, just get the win. That's all we care about, just winning games. Um, doesn't matter what football looks like, just as long as you win, that's all that we come here to do. It's been a very strange season for you guys, obviously having won the league last year, but it, you had two good chances in the first half. Noah Shimaki, Rob Petkoff had a good chance in the second half. And then your two goals today came, first one, a little bit of fortune, and then the, the second one, your winning goal, was, was fair to say a mistake from Sorrento. Yeah, well, I should have had another one in the first half as well. So we're all, you know, everything's just a little bit off at the moment, but, you know, the firepower that we've got up front, we know that we can score goals. We're just waiting for it to click. As soon as it clicks... That's it. We know that will be a frightening team to play against for everyone else. In terms of yourself, you've had a stint out with with an ankle injury since I think about round five or six. Um, it's taken a little bit of, of time to get warm again. How are you sort of feeling that you're going to be able to come in and make a big impact at the back end of this season? Uh, yeah, still a bit uh, apprehensive about the ankle, but um, you know, everyone's playing with injuries at the moment in our team, probably throughout the whole league. Strand's had quite a few boys out today as well. Um, it's just when you got to dig deep, everyone's got to dig deep and sacrifice for the team so yeah that's what everyone in our change room is doing at the moment and probably across the league I'd say and there's something about you where you quite enjoy stepping up in these moments don't you when when the sort of chips are down and when you need a result there was a couple of occasions last season I think you got the winner against Sterling away from home a hat-trick against Sorrento in this fixture and you get two goals today what is it about these cutthroat games which make you sort of stand up to the big moments uh gosh I don't know um I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far to say that either but um Oh, you stumped me here. I'd just say that I've just tried to never give I don't know, man. I've just tried to never give up, you know, just trying to instill. I've been in a few relegation fights myself in down in Division 2 with uh, ECU back in the days. We've been in relegation fights f- for ages. So um, 
a lot of these boys haven't been in a relegation fight and I just try to uh, get across to everyone that like it's not about how good you are at the moment it's just about fighting because that's all that it is at the moment there's good teams down here in the relegation zone but it's just who fights the hardest and comes away with it and just one more on the broader point of the season every game means something now across every game in every round is going to make a massive difference the end of the season as I said I think it's four points separating the bottom half of the league how do you go about getting up and putting your best foot forward in every single game now to the end of the season because it's going to be fatiguing I suppose but it's going to be big for every team in a sense isn't it yeah well I feel like since every single game is just as big as each other from the start of the season you know everything's been tight the whole way through the season so I'd say every single game is massive um yeah I'm pumped for absolutely every single game that we're going into every week like even last year we were pumped. It's a different type of pumped up for a game, but you know it's actually even more important, I think, than last year's games going into it because this club does not deserve to be in down the bottom of the ladder. But you know what? Neither does Sorrento, neither does Inglewood, so someone's got to go down. So hope it's not us. And quickly, I know you're a listener to the podcast. I know the boys were giving you a little bit of stick for a uh, second yellow that you got against Red Star quite a few weeks ago. Have you got any sort of right of reply to, to any of those from earlier this season? Um, Joey Pollard, one of our good mates, he was a goalkeeper. I was just trying to do something nice to give the ball back to actually get the game going on. But, you know, so no one really knows the context of what's going on at the moment. But, you know, I'm a message away, so that's all you can do. Message me away, but... And then I heard you calling at the Bailey Brown Montgomery with Ross Edwards and quietly Ross Edwards, oh, what a man that guy is. Hey, I've never heard someone talk so much shit about how quiet he is. <laughs> He's a great guy. Love your work, Bailey. We'd love to get you in the studio. Well done today and good luck for the rest of the season. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Well, and thank you, well, first of all, Tommy, but even more importantly, thank you, Bailey, for, um, for, your, for your words there. Um, and Ross, if if you if you if you want to reply to that pot shot that Bailey said, you know exactly where to find uh, are it. Are we? Are we? Yeah, Ross just sort of sat back while we took the pot shots at Bailey last week, didn't he? And he was very happy to soak that up. But do we do we change it to the to the Ross Edwards when you kick the ball away and get a yellow card? Because I think that's what Bailey was uh, insinuating that that Ross may not be the most. Uh, yeah, it's only the BBM. It's only the people. BBM when you're p- playing it back to your mate. Ah, that's what. Yeah, that's what he said. And he was off camera, so we didn't know Bailey, but. Uh, you're welcome in the studio anytime. In fact, um, Tommy was just saying we've got to get him in. So, yeah, get on get on the uh, the text to Kalichi and uh, we will have you in whenever, Kalichi. But as I was as I was saying, like um, with with it being a game of moments, it takes me back to exactly what I heard from um, from Tuffy at the start of the season, where he was describing the difference between the MPL and Div One in terms of saying that this division has a lot more match winners and there's people that can absolutely pull something out of nothing. And this is exactly what Florida's been missing because they've had games and situations where uh, a haphazard goalkeeper error, a deflected goal, a missed clearance, and then they've still come back and had people who could pull something out of the bag in those moments. Like I, I go back to that um, Bayswater City game last year where they were playing with three games to go. Bayswater are up um, and then had a player sent off and then another goal and then boom, like, Florida still in, in the league title chase. So having having Bailey back, um, scoring goals, having Pickov, having um, Shimaki is we, we talk about the, the Florida stocks, but how much of the Bailey Brown Montgomery stocks gone up in two years? But like the his importance, I don't think anyone two years ago was saying he's the most important player in this team to, to win this league. He ends up winning them the league with almost the last kick and then they go without him and it, they're almost getting relegated. 
and and this is a huge game where he's almost saving their bacon. He's he's come well, in leaps and bounds, hasn't well, he? He's a player who's always had talent, though. He came through the ECU Academy quite a long time ago, and then he went. I think he went overseas and trialed in the UK. I think with Villa or West Brom. I can't quite remember. Somebody in the Midlands, and then he came back to Glory's Academy. And then for whatever reason, I'm not sure if it was injury or another reason, but he ended up in Division 2 at, um, at Joondalup City and then sort of re-emerged at Florida in the NPL and obviously had that outstanding season and the rest is, int- is history. So he's a player who's always had those that, that sort of pedigree. scope and that pedigree to be a key player in this league. It's maybe just taken a little while longer than we all thought, but this was such a strange game because... It felt like the good chances in the game were spurned by both teams um, and they all came really through the nervous energy of their respective defences because both teams, you could tell, were so on edge. They knew how important this game was. The defending was a little bit haphazard at times. There was some crucial moments um, where there were mistakes within the game. Sorrento made quite a few of them. Sorrento also got away with a few um, uh, perhaps sticky situations as well. They were able to somehow get through, but at the end of the day, it was Florida who held on and got the points, and, and that sets it up for a big game at Damanac Park for them away at Coburn next week. And the margins are so fine now. You look at how tight it is down the bottom of the, the league, and you spoke oh. about, you, you, spoke about uh, you know, things didn't fall their way before. That Clark Kelty own goal, the equaliser for Balcata the week before, that was a series of unfortunate events. The, the fresh area from Krista Delarcus, the header past his own keeper when there was no danger around from Kelty, and then, then it's gone the other way. The next week, but do you call that misfortune a fresh airy? The is fresh that, airy, yeah. It's mis- it's misfortune of a sort because h- how did so many things go wrong in such a short period of time? Well, that that was always the uh, the Neil Hookway thing, wasn't it? Kalichi was the uh, make a mistake, just don't f- another one, just kick it out if yeah, you have to. Goals goals tend to happen after like three or something mistakes. So as soon as the first mistake happens, just kick the ball out. And just yeah. on Florida as well, uh, they've got sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth. All to play in the league still so means they, they, they might as well have their hands. they might as well have first, second, third, and fourth the way this league is going. They are currently on twenty points, just a point ahead of bottom place Inglewood. Level now with Sorrento. Uh, that bottom three is, uh, I mean, they've got to be favourites now for the drop. Although you know, with with Bailey firing again, Flory, you'd think would be okay, but it's just so hard to pick. Uh, we're going to have to move along because we've got a huge, huge pod coming up. We've got to touch on the, the women's, and then we've got Benny from Balladura coming on for Amateur Hour, which uh, we're all very, very excited for. So we will move on to the last uh, game of the round. I think we've touched on everything except for uh, the 1-1 one, one, Balcada and Perth, notable mainly Kalichi for a late... Yep, yep, naughty boy or girl. Uh, in this case, again, it always tends to be the boys. They are the naughtier of the uh, the two genders. And once again, we had a naughty boy, Kalichi. We were trying to figure this out on a very skippy streamer stream. Um, I don't know why they're called streamer because it doesn't stream. Um, they should call it bufferer. Um, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> that was awful. awful. Yeah, well, as bad as the experience trying to watch a game on streamer. Um, but we, we did try and pick out this uh, red card that you said was uh, for uh, Aaron Williams, um, who you said came on as a sub as well. Halftime um, sub. Classic Balotelli, come on as a sub and then get red carded. Um, but this was, it was a weird one. You, you, you initially spotted the little chicken wing as he went past him off the ball. He sort of threw the elbow up. But again, very hard to tell on this blurry 
Yeah, it, it was it was it was a straight red card that the referee sent showed. So I'm assuming that he looked at it and said it was violent conduct. But basically, what's happened is um, when you cut into it, there's a ball that's played into the Belcada box. It's half sorry into the Perth box. It's half cleared, um, and I think it must have ricocheted off someone. And you can see the Belcada players appeal for a, a handball or a foul or something like that. Nothing's given. The play gets played out to the left, and I think it's either. Mbah who has the ball, or it is um, Abdul Osman. I couldn't tell um, from from the from the streamer. Um, and as he's taking the pass, you can see Williams charging towards him, either trying to block it or trying to trying to make a play, shall we say? Mm. Um, and he clatters into the guy as he's cleared the ball. It was so, hard to see. Maybe he stepped yeah. on an ankle or something. That's it seemed hard. It looks yeah. And so and so what I initially saw. Um, as a disgusting player in my former life, was the outstretched left arm. And I was like, oh, he's gone for the chicken wing here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the chicken wing missed. But but again, from where the referee's standing, maybe that's what yeah, he's saying. So, so the referee literally just turns and he sees all of it, gives him a red card. And he's just like, what's going on? And again, before we can see the rest of it in terms of gathering context, the streamer's a little bit choppy. And so you can't really be like, is anyone else complaining or anything like that? But it's just a straight red card. Any thoughts from you on that one, Josh? I haven't seen it. All right, let's move on. Uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us all for part one. I knew you hadn't seen it, so that's what yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew the bus was coming and I thought I'll just shove you under it. Uh, but no, thank you uh, all for being here for part one. Thank you all for listening to part one. We're going to be back with uh, part two uh, to talk a bit about the women's game. If you want a deeper dive into the Red Star, the, pa- the game, the Patreon is the place to be for that. Just $6 a month. And uh, then we'll jump into amateur hour for part three. It's going to be a big one. You're going to need your fitness levels to to stick with us um, we can take breaks here and there when we need it but you listener well you can as well you can hit that pause button but don't because it's going to be a ripper of a part two and three we'll be back with more after this and before we dive back into part two we just want to send a quick thank you out to Balance and Revive Massage Therapy our latest sponsors here at the Perth Football Podcast and if you want to get 10% off remedial and sports massages just go and say hi uh, from the Perth Football Podcast use the code PFP23 uh, that's PFP23, and you get 10% off all remedial and sports massages at Balance and Revive. You can find them in Carambine at 1 Hobson's Gate. And we're back for part two after a oh, hell of a part one. Kalicha, you are going to have to – this is where you need to continue to perform. You can't just put in a good half or, or a good 15 minutes. We're going to need you to carry this on. Are you ready? Mate, I've I've been really really rusty and I've been doing a little re- little bit of rehab on the hammy to try to get me ready, and uh, I'm ready, coach. Just give me a chance. So you okay? But we're going to put you in a double pivot with the great Tommy Dolman, who's just joined us. Tommy, welcome to the studio. Thanks for having me again, Sean. That's all right. It feels like a long time since we've seen you in person. We've been in in here in person. We use one one or the other of us is tends to be on the phone, but. Yeah, it's great great to see you again, my, my old friend. Oh, it's great to be here. Producer Kalichi actually preferred to have me on the phone last week instead of having me in the studio. So oh, that would nev- there's that, your answer why. Well, that would never be my call. You've, you've got to, you've the, got the, to make tough calls. That's that's the no one appreciates Dr. Dre for all the meat, the, the beats and everything like that. But there's a lot of work that happens in the background that Dr. Dre does, and we don't quite I, see that. Sure, I, I think I think everyone appreciates Dr. Dre and the beats that he he's quite well known for. But you don't see work. you don't see the stuff behind the scenes, mate. Uh, he does even more than that. You don't even see the resting that happens. He's trying to he's trying to do the Alex Ferguson where he's told he's told Demi Tabibatov, we don't need you for this week, mate. Go home, rest up, 
We yeah, follow him away. Yeah, next yeah week. but if someone tells Dimitar Bevedov to put his feet up, he's not exactly going to say no, is he? <laughs> of, of all footballers that, that don't mind having a little snooze, like, he would take he would take naps during the game. But phenomenal strike, phenomenal play, wasn't he? Tommy, by the way, what's your um out of those three movies that we've uh, we've been throwing at people? Snatch, uh, Goodwill Hunting, or Saving Private Ryan? Uh, which one are you going with there? I'd say Snatch, probably out of the three. Yeah, fair enough. And why, why is that? Probably got a little bit more action. You're just an action man, aren't you? Because you, you're a, you were saying before, James Bond, The Mission Impossible, that sort of, you just want stuff happening. Easy, easy watching. Yeah. I can just switch just, off. Just like on the pitch, you just want entertainment. You, it doesn't really matter the result. You just want to see. Yeah, something that just... Chaotic action scenes, fantastic. Absolutely. Well, we had some chaotic scenes uh, at the end of your full-time whistle on Sunday with the... Uh, <laughs> well, we'll get on to the... Thank you, the, the women's football with the Subiaco uh, Mum FC. Uh, look, you guys can, can talk me through that because the scores were coming in as you were doing your full-time whistle and in the end... Oh, um, mate. Just, well, I'll, I'll throw it over to you guys. Tell me about it. So I suppose the context of the full-time whistle was when we were doing the Fremantle City versus Perth Red Star wrap-up, which you can go and catch up on on the podcast feed. That one's already been published, so you should be able to go and listen Freebie. to 25 Kalechi's minutes. is giving out full-time whistles for free. We, we wanted to do something nice for the from the Women's League. Oh, oh fair enough. Yep, we, carry on. We were, um, we were sort of just wrapping up towards the end of that, and we thought we'd just check on the scores around the ground. So obviously we addressed um, the 4-1 win for Perth at Balcatta. And then we realized that Subiaco Mum FC was still live and it was 2-1 after probably 89 minutes. And we thought, we'll turn this on, check out the end of the game. And then basically Murdoch University Melville equalized in the 92nd minute, which looked like it was going to be heartbreak for Subiaco, who were only chasing their third win of the season and their first non-curtain win I'm, in I'm, the league. I'm, I'm sensing a but. But. Comma, however. Subiaco then showed great character, you've got to say, because so many times we would have seen that happen and, and they may have put their head down and may have been quite content with the point, but they then had a final foray forward and scored from a set piece and and, and celebrated in style. So they're well, not full credit to Greg They're Farrell's definitely team. not the easy beats that they have been for, for that, the last couple of years. And I know you guys are both big fans of Greg and, and the job he's doing down there. But that's legitimately what we were saying, right? Like, as it's 2-1 with a minute and a half to go, we're going, this is great for Subi. They've been working really hard. Aside from the two seven nils, they've always been in the games and they've just kind of found ways or something unlucky's happened and they've ended up losing. And then boom, as as literally as I said, oh, they're about to concede. Oh, they conceded here. Like like instantly. And I'm going, just just feeling really sad for them. But then again, the comma, narrative. the comma, narrative. However, unlike Inglewood in the men's. Oh, however, unlike Inglewood, I didn't put the mockers on them. Yeah. <laughs> Or they, the knockers, and they go and they go back the other no way. No knockers, no knockers, no mockers, no, definitely no knockers. They go back the other way, and there's this free kick. Um, Marietta Bain sitting there taking this free kick, and the goalkeeper's given her the entirety of the near post. She tries to hit it near post, hits off the wall, goes out for a corner, and we're like, oh, last chance saloon. They've 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 choked this away. This is it's just an important point for um, for Mum FC. We're doing the entire like sports broadcast thing where you've got to completely change the narrative. You've got to change the entire the, the, match report. The, the stories you hear about journalists that have to type up their match reports and get them out five minutes after kickoff. Yeah, you wouldn't want to be doing that for that oh. game. 
we, we kind of did the double moz because Kalishi did the moz initially when Subiaco were leading and, and he was praising Subiaco to the hilt. And then Murdoch University Melville equalized. And then I kind of put the moz on them um, in the other direction because I said that it might be a really handy point for them uh, when we when we look at the final shakeoff of the league standings. But then back came Subiaco with a winner. So I suppose me and Kalishi cancelled each other out right at the end. But um, I suppose from a Subiaco perspective, the, the epitome of sort of what I was wanting to see from them. I did the Subiaco versus Red Star game earlier in the season, which they they lost by four goals to one, but they were very competitive throughout. I think it was two goals in the final 10 minutes, which gave Red Star the win in that game. And they actually had a chance with about 10 minutes to go to pull it back to 2-2, a really good chance for Dakota Van Vucht, who was thrown goal. And then Red Star got those two late goals. And, and even though they were outclassed on a day and Red Star with a better team and deserved to win the game, they showed some real fight and determination in that game. So I was a little bit concerned um, to see the two 7-0 defeats. Um, but obviously to get that win against Murdoch University, Melville does um, does does show character and, and does show that they do have that appetite to keep well, improving. And it's funny that you say mentioned the two 7-0 defeats because is um, a big fan of doing this with statistics. If you take out the real outliers, and that's what's good statisticians actually do, uh, but but generally in sports, you, you, you can't really do it. However, comma, however, if you take out those two 7-0 results, it, they've got a zero goal difference. And and when you're looking at, Curtin uh, are now at 1-1-1, negative 11 goal difference on the season from 14 games, that there's no, there was a bit of a conversation, I think the last couple of years, that it's Subi and Curtin are your two gimmies. Subi aren't a gimme now, are they? Absolutely not. They've got some quality players in that team. Um, Mariana Tabane was head and shoulders above everybody else on the pitch yesterday. I thought she was such a class act, a lovely finish for the first goal, just curled around Stacey Cavill with real poise and, and just... The way she takes that first touch for that as well, with the outside of the foot, it's just beautiful. Just made it look so easy all the time in the world to size that up and you knew what she was doing and she just made it look so simple. Um, but I thought Savannah Allstorm was was great yesterday as well. She's a player with real pace and, and with that ability to carry the ball through the centre of midfield. she's that, You know when you sort of see Gemma Crane in full fight or Tash Rigby bursting down the right, Allstone's got that ability to run with the ball as well. She, she obviously doesn't quite have the, the the polish at the end of the move that, that those two players have who are obviously quality players who've played for Perth Glory, um, but she's certainly somebody who can really sort of damage in the transition. I thought she was really good yesterday. She, she had two assists in the game as well. So... Um, they, they do have some some good players in that team. Elizabeth Warworks, uh, a player who's been consistent for for a number of years. Uh, Dakota Van Vuk scored goals this season. She, she just needs the, the right service um, in games. And um, I, I think Danielle Suckling's come across from Curtin as well and has had a, has had a pretty good year as well in the centre of the park. So there is some quality in that team. There are some young players that are that are growing in that side, and results like that will give them a lot of confidence. I suppose the the thing that we want to see is that sort of performance on a more consistent basis for 21 games in the whole of next season as opposed to maybe just um, one in every five or one in every six. Because if they can do that and they can grind out a few more points, then they'd be a lot more closer to the top four places. Uh, just a tiny quick word on the top of the table clash. I know that they're covered in the full-time whistle, but Perth Red Star getting up two goals to one over Fremantle City. Final score of that Subiaco uh, Mum FC game, of course, was 3-2 to Subi. But Red Star, 2-1 win, huge win. Uh, and, and just on balance of play, uh, what was the result fair? Or did, did, did Fremantle push them all the way? Fremantle City pushed them all the way. Um, I described it on the full-time whistle yesterday as... 
a, a game in which Red Star won the big moments in the game. Um, they took their chances when they came around. Uh, they profited on on half, sort of sort of half chances really. Olivia Woods sort of cross shot from the right. Um, Renee Leosa just had the appetite to chase down a loose ball, beat the goalkeeper to it, walked it into an empty net. And, and Freo certainly had their moments. Laura Waltman hit the bar. Um, they had a header cleared off the line from Karis Hawkins in the first half, but. Uh, unfortunately, when you are playing in these top-of-the-table games, you do have to take your chances. And, and, and big teams do tend to win those big moments, don't they, Kalichi? And just picking back in off what Tommy said, being a game of moments, when you look at it and you go, we've lost because of a moment of hesitation with our goalkeeper and this, like, cross-gum shot or cross or shot that she took from the tightest of angles, you go, like, we, like you, you feel a little bit unlucky there. But Red Star do this all the time. Yeah. And there's a reason they're top. They're five points clear on top now, game in hand. And well, I don't want to talk too much about, about Red Star now, but I'll, I'll let you give your final thoughts, Tommy, because as we've said, the, the full-time whistle does cover this and, and Kalichi's decided to give it out for free uh, for this week. Um, but if you want the full-time whistle every week, normally we do it on Saturdays because we're too old to um, stay out uh, having beers and talking about football on Sunday nights now. But uh, if, if you also, like the, the concept... the West Ham game was on and some of the people who would be contributing were out not, having a great time. Well, yeah, but that's that's I was having a great time. Um, and, and I'm sure so was Josh. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, my, my point stands. We're uh, It's more of a, a time commitment thing on the, the Saturday evenings. That's when they will normally be out. That's when they're out for that $6 a month uh, Patreon that uh, Kalichi set up. So go and join that if you like that content. Our final game of the women's to touch on was Perth Soccer Club winning by one goal to four away from home at Balcatta. Uh, I did bump into Rosalie uh, today, um, who uh, Stonehill, of course, who, who told me that T.S. could have could have and should have probably scored 11 goals in this game. Um, but uh, I, I didn't see the action. However, um, Perth, I know, did not have anyone. No. Literally, you were saying, on the substitute bench. No one to call on. Uh, and that is, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of stories behind that. But to still win when you've got five substitutes that you can bring on uh, currently in football, to win 4-1 away with no substitutes, um, that's that's a hell of a statement from Perth, isn't it, Tommy? 100%. And they are seven games unbeaten and they've navigated this period with so many injuries so well. And you've got to credit Pete Rackett. You've got it for, for keeping the morale of the girls high um, despite the injuries. It's easy to drop your head. It's easy to sort of feel sorry for yourself when you do have that, that run of injuries. Um, but they've navigated this period really well. And they've given themselves a, a fighting chance of even still being in this title race. I know they're five points behind Red Star and Red Star have a game in hand. Perth have still got to play them in a fortnight though. Um, and you just never know. Yeah, you, we, we, games games add up in the season. Perth, Red Star have still got to play Fremantle again on the final day. Um, we are still a long way out. I kind of said in commentary that, that Red Star have one hand on the title. I, I think they do on the evidence of what we've seen so far this season. But football is a funny game. It only mm. takes one defeat and, and anything can change. And j- just to, s- I suppose, add one final thing on that game. Um, from a Balcata perspective, they'll be really disappointed with the first two goals. Poppy Hooks scored both of them, headers from corners. Un- and she was really essentially unmarked from those. We were talking about Poppy well. before, weren't we, Kalija? She's she's not the tallest player on the pitch, but she's very good in the air yeah. for her size. Just a, just an absolute talent, isn't she? But, she's great to see. But you know that she celebrated those... by twerking. She did the fake injury <sighs> and then uh, pulled my hamstring. No, actually, I'm twerking. So Poppy, please continue to do that. Unbelievable. The more twerking, the better. Can you give us a twerk in the studio right now, Tommy? It's not on. You're not being recorded. I'll pass. Okay, fair, fair enough. Um, the the one thing I'll, I will also say, just just to mention, you have to give Pete Rackage credit. I don't have to give Pete Rackage credit for anything. 
unless he unless he earns it. Um, however, I did see him at Saturday night uh, down at the uh, Camfield before the West Ham game as well. So, Are you claiming this, Sean? Uh, Are you claiming this win? No, 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 not at all. I just, I just want to tell Pete that he's got to keep working at it because that, as you say, the title's still there to be won, uh, and uh, all the injuries and all the problems in the world, this that can just make this an even greater story if you go on and win the title, Pete. Tough love. You can do it. Kalichi. Another quick note, um, two quick notes from, from Pete, is um, Cam Barrera, who's turned up and had a stellar um, bit of run and spell for them, goes back to the States. Um, and so they now only have, I think, 10 senior players. He, he would, um, they've got Abby Meekins out for the season, Ali Lamont, who's out for the season, Faye Phillips, who might be back in four or five weeks, Alyssa Van Herk, possibly out for the season, <laughs> Jamie Gibbons, who's out for the season, Leanna Cook is on a four to four to six weeks surgery and uh, Monique Godin's and having a great time in Europe. So that's eight first team players. Um, yeah, but it, it, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be real tough for them. So they're doing a great job. And and just on Balcata as well, obviously, um, yeah, a four, one defeat's a bit of a setback for them. They look really good against my a couple of weeks ago in that six nil win. They obviously then got the job done. Um, the, the, the following week, I think, I think against Curtin, um, which was a, a win you'd expect them to have, um, but this is a bit of a setback for them, I think, especially the, the the way that the defending was for the goals. I think they're going to have to be a little bit better than that if they are to push themselves into the top four. Big game for them this week. NTC versus Balcata Sunday afternoon. Um, NTC obviously just back from challenge. Balcata looking to try and get a little bit of momentum back. Well, we Super will, important. We will keep our eyes peeled for that one. We are going to wrap up. We're going to try and do this uh, proper. Um, what, what's his name on the the football weekly? Who was it? The Jim. Uh, just a guy that always call him from Spain. Uh, Sid Lowe in Spain. Sorry, Sid, not Jim. Sid Lowe. We're going to try and do a Sid Lowe job and just uh, call on the fly and see if we can get Betim on the line. And we have. Bet him. Oh, how smooth was that? Great work, Kalichi. He's just called you mid-flow, and now he's ducking out of the studio to uh, to arrange uh, part three. But um, bet him. Welcome to the line. Thank you, thank you, thanks for having me. Great to have you here. There is one mate. Oh, sorry, Tommy's here as well. You better say hello. Hi, to Tommy. bet him. How you doing, Tommy? And uh, Tom, uh, bet him. If you were going to sit down and watch uh, Saving Private Ryan, Goodwill Hunting, or Snatch, which one would you choose? Ooh. I don't, you know, if I saw to move right now, I'd be saving private, save, saving private Ryan. Wow. Well, Sam, no, that's all right. Well, I, you figure that out um, because we're going to need you to speak English for the for the next five minutes or so. But um, yeah, Sam will be very happy because that was her contribution and uh, her her top movie. So you've um you've you've pushed her up one in the the rankings. Uh, the reason we've given you a call, Betham, is there is a big. Div 1 top of the table game in the uh, women's competition in Perth coming up. Uh, tell us a little bit about it, mate. It happened on the weekend, Sean. Oh, sh- yeah, sorry. That's Kalichi's fault. That's producer Kalichi's fault uh, for um, not telling me that it had actually already happened. Um, and this is just communication. Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to dig myself out of a hole here so that when Kalichi listens back, he realises I'm not blaming him um, because the note he gave me was finish off with the call to bet him to talk the big Div 1 top of the table game between Hammers and UWA. That's probably my fault for not interpreting that uh, as uh, as in past tense rather than future tense. But that's even more exciting because uh, you can tell us exactly what happened and where that leaves both teams in uh, Div 1. Beautiful. Um, obviously going into it, it was one point between us, which obviously makes things a lot more interesting. So it was a must win for both teams. We played away at UW, um, and 
Honestly, it was a pretty good game. First half, we went down 1-0 to a mistake of our own doing. Um, obviously, half-time, I gave him the most inspirational team talk. No, I can only imagine. Ever, ever made. And, um, well, the rest of history, as we brought, scored 2-1 and won the game 2-1. If you like inspirational talks, surely, surely Goodwill Hunting and Snatch are both ahead of Saving Private Ryan, though. Oh, you do make a valid point. <laughs> no, but tell me, tell me what, what, what was the difference second half? Uh, the first half, like, we started off well, but then we came a bit passive. We let UW dictate things. We second the ball. The communication wasn't there. We weren't playing poorly, but it's just a lack of, I guess, that, like, intensity. Um, obviously, everyone on the team wanted to win the game. It was a thing of like, well, halftime talks like, well, we know we want to win this game, so go out there and show. Like, we're sitting here one nil down in a game that we have to win. It's like, if you just want to win this game, then go out there and prove that we want to win it. And then the girls kind of went, you know what? Oh shit, we need to actually put our heads in in the second half. I mean, Lawrence might tell you otherwise, but um. Second half, we dominated. I think they maybe had one or two shots the entire second half. And we just get peppering the goal until we finally scored till we passed them. What What does that say about the character of the team, Bedham? Because um, you, you had a game the week before. I think you were 3-1 down to Port Kennedy. You came back to win that one 4-3. So how did you sort of balance that emotion, obviously, with being proud of the fight that the girls showed to, to come back and win the game as opposed to, to perhaps getting yourself in that position where you are having to chase it? Look, it's very stressful. I'm probably going to get bold quite soon if it keeps happening. Um, but obviously it shows that, you know, the girls don't give up. Because, I mean, being 3-1 down, like the game against Paul Kennedy, I think we scored the, the, the three goals in in like the 75th minute plus onwards. And we scored the three goals in, in four minutes. So it shows that, you know, once we switch on and have that intensity, we can, you know, do anything. And... Even before we play the game and get you down, I just told the girls, I'm like, even if we go down one, two, three, we're showing we can bring it back. So don't let that deter us, which maybe in the past, you know, going down to in a game like this might have gone, might have made us thought, oh, shit, like we're going to lose. But I think having that comeback in the game before gave us that optimism that goes, well, if we do go down, we're more than capable enough to bring it back. So we've got to keep going, which, I mean, is what happened in the game. And and just... uh two final things from me. So in terms of your two goals at the weekend, they both came from Christy Astorp, who is a player that many around the MPLW women's leagues would, would know all about. Um, who, who's got plenty of experience, obviously at, at MPL on the top flight level. Uh, tell us about her contribution this season overall. I think she's the leading scorer in the league. And also I understand you had a, a new signing appear on the weekend as well. Can you tell her about her and, and the impact that she had as well? So a little word on both of those players. Um, no, Christian's been obviously amazing on and off the field as a goal scorer during games, but even at trainings and such, obviously helping bring that like high level to trainings, to game days, to warm ups, to a bit of everything. Um, so having the experience between her and even Nadia from that higher level is obviously lifted and given. I mean, myself, um, obviously opportunities to get better as a coach myself, but also the team also. And obviously Christian's um, obviously, goal contributions, obviously, been a great help. She's sitting on 19 goals at the moment. And, um, I mean, still got another, what, eight games to go. So, hopefully, she uh, scores a few more. Um, in terms of the other signing, I know she doesn't want too much um, 
publicity around because <laughs> she's just going back into it. Um, I won't mention any names. If you do, that's on news. But um, this new signing, she did well. The thinness wasn't there, obviously, as she hasn't played in a while. But you could tell that she knew what she was doing. She played a lot of good balls through, held her position well, did defensive things and had a decent game overall. And if she continues to play for us, and gets a fitness up, she's going to be a real danger. Well, so, so, so Batum's not going to tell me who we're talking about. Who are we talking about, Tommy? I'll, I'll let I'll let the coach uh, speak for himself. So we, we we can't literally can't know that you're putting me in a really tough position as a host of this podcast <laughs> that you're telling me to say, hey, there's this people, there was this player, and she did it, but we're not telling her who it is. Uh, all right, I'll I'll have to get that from um, the team sheets, I guess. And uh, hey, look, if you speak it on your own, that's up to you. I'm just. Uh, I don't want to say as a player just is just doing it to help us out at the moment and just wants to, you know, play as she goes, if that makes any sense. All right. Well, good luck to player and um, I hope uh, she <laughs> continues to do well. Uh, that's about all we got time for in the, the women's game. We've got to jump on to amateur hour. Uh, thank you so much for jumping on the line, uh, Betham, and, and joining us for... Yeah, for the for the last little part of part two, and yeah, well, hopefully we'll get you back in the studio soon. But good luck with the the rest of the season if if we don't see you. And yeah, I'm sure I'll see you again shortly. I think so much. I'll probably be there next week, so you have to deal with me in person. Ah, time. lovely, lovely. Well, I was saying I haven't seen Tommy for a while in person, and and uh, likewise with you, it'll be it'll be great to see you again. But um, yeah, I'll let you go and enjoy the rest of the evening, and uh, speak soon. See you, Adam. Cheers, mates, and uh, we will. Be back with, as promised, that amateur hour uh, after this. And we are back for part three, amateur hour, uh, which means we bring back the most amateur of uh, the the podcast crew, uh, Josh Chite, Um <laughs> a little bit tired after his exertions Saturday night, so we couldn't have you on for the full uh, pod, but great great that you um, had that temporary uh, rest and, and, and you're joining us back for part three. Thanks for coming back, Joe. You've been throwing shade at my football <laughs> skills all weekend, all, all and weekend and into the week. I do want to point out, I've never seen you play either, <laughs> so I, I have absolutely no idea, but... Um, more exciting than that, obviously, Tommy's uh, Dolman is still with us. Kalichi is the temporary concussion substitute for uh, for Amateur Hour, uh, w- which, given that he probably knows more about the Amateur Leagues than any of us, is an interesting move from the coach, but he's also the coach. So, uh, he's I won't... in the red zone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I won't question it too much, but uh, we are absolutely delighted to be joined by Benny Hassler, who is a massive part of the amateur leagues in Perth and has been for, you're saying, going on almost um, 17 years. Ben. Yeah, I'm showing my age here. Yeah, about 17 years at well, Balladura. First of all, yeah. thank you so much for coming in on uh, Monday me. night to join us. No, it is absolutely our pleasure. But I'll throw it to you to tell us a little bit about your football story in Perth um, and uh, where you okay. are now. Yeah, so um, uh, so uh, I was born in Adelaide. My, um, so I'm a Noongar, proud Noongar man from um, Perth. I reside in Borloo here in Perth. But um, I was born in South Australia, so I started my footballing there in 1986 when I was four years old at uh, Power Hills West. Shout out to them. Um, but then I, mo- yeah, I moved over here, and then I, uh, I played for, I played footy for a bit for a while, and then um, just did the teenage stuff, I suppose, kept away from football for a while, and then um, I played at Bayswater in '99 and 2000, um, and then I went from there, went to Inglewood for a bit, and then um, then I ended up at Balladura and. I went to Swan. I, I left Balladura for a couple of years and went and played at Swan with John O'Reilly and the mob up there. Shout out to them guys. Um, but yeah, Balladura is my home is where I'm at. John O'Reilly gets enough shout outs. Does he? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. We won't shout him out. Yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. But uh, yeah, Balladura is where I'm at now. I've been there for about 17 years. So um, loving it there. It's, we're all family there. It's yeah. really good. And and that's the main reason we've got you on is obviously you're, you're a big part of that family and yeah. they put up a, a lovely post about you on uh, during the week saying that, you know, you'd be performing your Welcome to Country and uh, a lot of mentions there about what a great guy you are as well. So just tell us Thanks, a little bit yeah. about that club and, and um, what it does actually yeah. mean to you. Um, yeah, so it's an acknowledgement of country. I just want to say that a welcome to country has to be done by an elder from okay. the area. So, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, no, that's right. Um, an acknowledgement can be done by anyone in the community. So I was just acknowledging our elders. And um, I think it was it's special because what this NADOC week was, was is for our, for our elders. That was um, the past week just gone. So it was good for um, Dave Shepherd and... Um, um, to be able to give me the opportunity to do that. And I suppose because we're a very inclusive club down at Balladura, and I think it started with Mike and Leone before Dave took over. But um, um, it was good to be able to do that. But we wanted to try and make it bigger and better next year. So um, we're hoping, like, um, what we'd like to do is to design a, an Indigenous top um, for an away strip. That would be great. So um, if anyone's listening, we need some funds and get on board and help us out. But because um, I don't – correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think – any clubs that I know have have actually um, done like a an indigenous top or really like celebrated the NADOC round. So I'd like to like grow it into something bigger and better and hopefully like have an elder down and do a welcome to country, like I was saying, and have a smoking ceremony and just make a whole day out, out of it, get the juniors involved. So, and um, it'd be something I'd like to hopefully cement into the Balladura moving forward, not just for one year, but something that we can keep carrying on mm-hmm. because um, as football, as you all know, is a very inclusive sport. And um, I don't know personally many blackfellas, many Aboriginal boys that play football, but I'd like that to change. And it'd be good if we could get them at the grassroots, especially up in community. There's so much talent, as you can see in the AFL, with all, all the um, Aboriginal players that play in the AFL. They're amazing, but it'd be good if we can try and transfer them from get them out of AFL into football. So what do you think has to be done there to, to encourage um, young, young Aboriginal kids to, to pick up the game? Yeah, that, that's a good question. I think what we need to do is, is at the grassroots start spreading it because I think like what the AFL does good is they get out onto community and they get out onto country and they have a lot of programs where they spread that around and try and get the young kids involved. And I think if we – and I know Football West is doing that quite a lot as well. Shout out to them because I have seen them trying to take um, it up to North and north into the regional areas and try and get the kids involved. But I think that's where it starts. Like, um, I think if we can, like, at the grassroots and nab the kids up as well. But I think it's a social economic sort of thing and the demographics as well. So money plays a big part in it. So, like, um, to, if, if your kids wants to play NPL, it costs, costs quite a bit of money. I'm not going to get too political with it. But, mm. like, so if we could have some sort of way that we could bring the kids in without having to have the money that, that that's afforded to it and even just the transport of getting from country down here... Um, yeah, just things like that, I think, would, would really help try and, and engage Indigenous youth into football in WA. It is something that you see. Uh, part of the reason that football is so big around the world is the fact that there aren't these barriers to entry. Yeah. And, and a lot of third world countries or, or less fortunate people growing up become world superstars because of their ability. So it happens around the world because all you need is a ball and a bunch yeah, exactly. of dirt, grass. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You can go and play football. Yeah. So that that should be the, the the great thing about this game is that entry level is, is very low. But then I guess what you're saying is once you get past that entry level – that next step up is quite difficult. But uh, yeah. is there a groundswell? Are, are there young Indigenous uh, kids playing the game? Or um, is it getting – yeah, where, where's the bottleneck? Uh, I, yeah, I don't really know too much about um, – no, I'm not seeing too much of it. Um, I think that, like, what 
like you're saying, with the ball, with, with the ball, and that is all we need. Because I know, like, because I work, I'm a youth worker myself, so I work in a high school, and um, my and I've got kids that go to a primary school, and it's actually the most popular sport in schools, football, because mm. in AFL you can't really just play games straight out off the bat where you can just put two jump, four jumpers down, make some goals with the football, and kick it around. And I think um, that's where we have the advantage. So if we can keep the kids engaged in that and be able to bring them up into the next level, but um, yeah, you're right. I don't, I. I, I I don't know too much about the bottlenecking, and I think it's about the inclusivity as well. Like AFL, um, I don't want to rattle on too much about AFL because they're talking about football here, but um, they do a lot to make people feel safe and have a safe environment and inclusivity. And I think um, uh, football does that well for immigrants and migrants and a lot of other people, but we need to make that a safe space for Indigenous people to be able to come into as well. I guess growing up, it's, again, a question. We talk a lot about the women's game and, and how women coming up through football haven't until very recently had the superstars that they can look up to. Yeah. Whereas obviously your AFL, you've got your Riolis and, yes. and, and absolute yeah. idols that these people, the, the Wanganines, I mean, yeah. I could literally go on just, forever because yeah. there are just, there is a, a litany of, of just absolute superstars that have come through. So I guess the kids grow up seeing that and, yeah. and maybe it's just that case if they need that first or second or third real top level footballer and, and maybe they're on the way now. Yeah, I think you need to hit the nail on the head there because I know there's a, I can't, I think of their names, but there's a few Indigenous women that play for Australia or on the verge of playing for Australia. And it's good um, like to be able to see people in that position to know that you can do that as well. Um, and because I just want to touch on as well, because I'm actually a musician as well. And like I have a lot in common. I feel that music and football have a lot in common to me where it's been able to give me uh, a platform to be able to express myself and my personality as well as be part of a community. And um and I think that's how it overlaps for me. But, um, yeah, you're right. We, we, we need to be able to see people in that position to know that we can do it ourselves. Well, we don't tell the story enough of the, you know, the Indigenous involvement in, in football in Australia. Um, you know, you had you guys like Charlie Perkins, who was a massive star yeah. over in Sydney, who uh, helped lead the Freedom Rides. And, and he had trials at Manchester United. Yeah. You had Harry Williams played for Australia. Uh, Frank Farina. Uh, coach of Australia and I think only coach of a, a national team yeah, in Australia who yeah. was uh, Indigenous. So, so it's not necessarily that these people haven't been there, that maybe the light hasn't been, been shone on yeah. much. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what can we do to, to get those stories out there? Um, yeah, you've I've, got to have all the answers. Yeah, you're throwing I, I, it all you at know, you, mate. <laughs> guys, guys, can we can we stop getting the Indigenous guy to answer all of the questions <laughs> yeah. about Indigenous Yeah, that's football? true. I don't have all can the answers. Can we just like, but, uh, talk about the stuff that he could do yeah. for himself? <laughs> yeah, fair call, fair call. Yeah. So, 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 with that said, um, apparently you play up front, mate. Yes, I do. Are yeah. you, a, are you an off the shoulder type of striker? Are you a playing into my feet? Uh, are you you pulling people? Were yeah. you there when Mauro was in charge at Bayswater as well? No. So when I was at Bayswater, um, Ron Rucci was my coach. Rest in peace. Um, he's no longer with us. Um, I was playing 18s and reserves there, but um, yeah, he taught me a lot and and like um, and like I was saying about inclusivity because um, like growing up, I, I um, grew up with a single mother. Um, and in a, in a lot of poverty as well. Um, my mum struggled with addiction, so Ron used to actually come and pick me up from home and take me to games, to do away games, there was no other way I could get there. And so just like that, in, in, in a way, he was sort of like a father figure to me. Not, I didn't know it at the time, but looking back, he was like, really helped me out and like, and guided me. And like, I became top goal scorer and best and fairest in the under 18s. And it just really, that gave me that passion and drive to believe that I could push myself and make something out of myself through football. So, um, 
yeah, that, that's been amazing. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm at, at your feet striker these days because I'm 41 years old. <laughs> so um, yeah, but we're doing really good at Balladura at the moment. Um, our first team's one point clear on top and I'm playing reserves. I, I captain our reserves and we, we haven't lost yet this season. So we've had 11 wins in a row um, and one draw. And I'll just put it out there, eight goals in the last four games from me. So I had a shocker yesterday, but I gave away a penalty and got a yellow card. But we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> but um, all, all, all I wanted to say, it just sounds like you're just saying you're better than Josh ever was at oh, football. Definitely, yeah. I've never seen Josh play, but I'll just get <laughs> on the bandwagon. Yeah, we'll just... Ron was my coach as well when I was a kid. So yeah, we'll have to ask him, Tommy. You, you said you started playing football and then you had a little break playing AFL. Did you have some, um, did you have some idols growing up in terms of – um, football when you were sort of um, cultivating those skills. Yeah, uh, Ryan Giggs. Yeah, I was a United um, follower growing up. I don't, I don't really have an EPL team now, but um, Ryan Giggs. Well, I'm glad you've drifted away. Yeah, because yeah. he's a left footer and um, a left midfielder. Because I'm a left footer, and when you're young, you always get put on the left side of the field. So um, I just felt like yeah, and I and I did. Um, I did um, some work experience that uh, would have been called Bobby Ten back then. No, it wasn't. It was like. I think it was Bobby Ten. The, uh, yeah, Bobby had a shot before that yeah. though. Before that, when it used to be oh, the, the Korean arcade at the top, I forgot the name of it. But like, um, I did some work experience there, and I read Ryan Giggs's um autobiography, and I just like, yeah, and just fell just fell in love with the bloke, and I just like his work rate, and like, it might not be the most gifted footballer like myself, but he just gets around and puts in puts in the groundwork and the hustle for ninety minutes. So I'd like to think that we're a lot the same. <laughs> and, and can you tell us about the the season that you're currently playing in? Um, we understand you're in a pretty good run of form at the moment from our little pre-show chat. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, we're, we're, the aim is for promotion. Um, we want to get hopefully into the first division. Um, Wayne and um, Scott are doing an amazing job down there since they've come down and taken over. Um, just got the boys are just all gelling really well, and we've got some great depth as well. And we've Touchwood, we've been good with injuries so far, so I think that's going to help us later in the season. But every game now is going to be a bit of a, a tussle um, um, for the rest of the season. But the reserves, yeah, we do, we're just doing great, and it's it's um, good to be just be playing with the boys and the mates that I love. And um, hopefully we can just keep this form up and keep pushing on and get into Div 1 next year. All right, well... Uh Best of luck with that, uh, you, the footballing side of your career. Uh, before we uh, touch on, well, Kalichi wants to ask you a quick question now, yeah, no it looks worries. like. You, you are a musician. You try and sub him off. Yeah, you can't no, get no, no, I was no, just no. going to go to music. And you... <laughs> you are. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's then. what you, I was just. Go straight to the music. Okay, thanks, mate. Just pass it back to Tommy. We could no. put this as one of the things that I <laughs> at the end. <laughs> no, mate. There's no such thing as <laughs> ups. Just uh, <laughs> opportunities to be better. Um, yeah, we, we do want to talk a bit about your music because okay, obviously yeah. you, you did mention the the. That yeah. you, you love your football and your music. Uh, both of them give you that sense of community. Um, had a bit of a listen to some of your stuff. It's yeah. There's, there's obviously a message that you want uh, yeah. as well. It's very very powerful stuff. What what do you want to get out of your music career? Tell us a little bit about that. How you got into it and um and, and what it means to you. Um yeah. So I've been like um, emceeing or rapping for about twenty years now. Um I had a group of mates um, back in the day. I suppose it all just started mucking around in the bedroom and then it grew into something. Bigger. I never really considered myself as an artist or thought that I could make a living off it until um, in 2016 I wrote a song called Survivors um, and it talks about the, the plights and the struggles of our people and um, uh, and my music's quite unapologetic and in your face. I don't know if you've seen Survivors or not but I actually be made history. I became the first um, Indigenous person in Western Australian history to win the Wham Song of the Year 
And so that really catapulted me into believing that I could do this for a living. And, um, and, and it's really, it actually changed my life. I was working in a bakery in a shitty job at the time and it empowered me to go, um, to get upskilled so I could get work in the youth sector and actually like lived off music for two or three years. And, um, before I was probably ashamed to call myself a musician or an artist, but like, I think every single musician in the yeah, world goes through that point at some yeah, time. <laughs> so, um, and so it really catapulted me and, 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 um, empowered me to be the person that I am today, um, from that song. And it's just rolled on. And like I was saying to Kalichi before, um, my music, it's not what I, what I try and think of. It's not about me. It's about what I stand for. And that's a voice for my people. And I think that's what drives me and pushes me. Um, and like, it, it is in your face and it is unapologetic, but I think, and it is hard, but that's what our people go through on a daily basis. Um, so I'm not going to sugarcoat it or hold it back. I'm just going to tell it how it is. And I think that's what hip hop is at the core as well. It might have got lost along the way somewhere with all the mumbling and stuff these days. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't even talk to us now. So, but, um, yeah, I'm a true Kalichi and I, Kalichi and I are both uh, hip-hop from the 90s and 80s. Yeah, back straight up. Yeah, so, like, yeah. Tupac was like a dad for me growing yeah, up. Yeah, I was just like, going to say. <laughs> yeah, so, like, yeah, so he helped guide me. And it was just like every song was a bit, like, of knowledge bombs and just, like, yeah. So growing up with that, I think that just what drives me into um, keep, yeah, with my music and always having a message with it. Well, Benny, Perth Football Podcast is completely behind you. Yeah. Be apologetic. We don't want you apologising for anything. Um, keep standing up for what you stand for. Keep making great music and uh, playing decent football, can we say at this yeah, stage? Yeah, mate, yeah. I don't want to say great because, you know, <laughs> you, you probably music is your uh, yeah is, is where you excel, but... Mate, you're also a fantastic speaker, and it's great to have had you on the podcast to, oh, uh, to uh, yeah, be in our ears for the for the last uh, 15, 20 minutes or so. Um, mate, you are absolutely welcome back anytime. If you want to be a regular panellist, we can cut one of these two opposite yeah, you okay. anytime yeah. at the drop of a hat. So. <laughs> Put me up front, mate. Put me up front. <laughs> all right. Well, um, that's all from us, guys. Uh, any more for any more? Kalicha, you're going to have to jump on the mic because there's no way you're going to want not say goodbye to your loving, adoring fans. Uh, be careful. Be kind. There we go. Tommy, any more for any more? Nothing further, Your Honour. Josh? I'm all good. Benny, you got anything else to say? Nah, just thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Well, well uh, you may not know this, but you're going to take us out. Maybe a bit of Survivor, is it? Yeah, we're going to hit that. Uh, and if you like the music, where do they find it? Uh, yeah, check me out. I'm on all the socials. I'm Benny Bajar. It's B-E-N-I-B-J-A-H. I'm on Spotify, on YouTube, um, all, all the platforms, Apple Music. Yeah, check me out. But Mostly go to YouTube because I've I've put a lot of visuals to my my songs and um, the visuals just go good. So yeah, check me out. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll do. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Living in a genocide, it was genocide. Uh, see the pain in my people's eyes. Uh, still my culture, deny my pride. Uh, but we survive, better recognize. Uh, genocide, it was genocide. Uh, see the pain in my people's eyes. Uh, Still my culture, deny my pride uh, But we survive, better recognize Here's my ancestors from this desert landscape I am a brother and sister, I still love I'm a voice for the indigenous, the lyricist, the spiritist Here's my ancestors from this desert landscape I am a brother and sister, I still love Bye 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 Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>